0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're thrilled you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a powerful five part series entitled Relationships. In this series, we learn how God wants us to deal with relationships, especially the tough ones that can drain us. May God bless you today as you enjoy this week's message. Hey, hey. How are we doing, church? Glad you are here. Welcome to New Hope Church. Welcome to all the campuses. I want to give a warm shout out to the global movement. If you're watching this on television anywhere, uh, on the internet, anywhere around the globe, Or Columbia, South Carolina. We're coming your way. We know a lot of you are already watching that on the television for the Sanford campus, the Garner campus, the NCCIW campus. I cannot wait to be with you ladies Tuesday night. Very, very excited about that for the Coffee House campus. And last but surely not least... For the Central Campus. Here's what I want to do. Check it out. Because we always at Central always give you guys a lot of loving at the other campuses. Um, I want all the other campuses at the count of three to give it up for Central Campus. What do you say? So we're going to sit here and imagine that we hear them clapping. All right, campuses, you ready? One, two, three. Give it up for Central Campus! (laughs) See, See, some of you have a hard time hearing that, but but with ears of faith, I think I just heard it. So uh, she sat in my office, and um, we, it, it's happened many, many times, but I remember this one particularly. She sat in my office, and she said, We've been dating quite a while now. And I think I love him. But, Pastor, here's the big question that I'm wrestling with How do I know he's the one? It's a big question, isn't it? And some of you single people here, you wrestle and you have wrestled with that very question. How do I know he, how do I know she is the one? Parents, this is for you too because you got kids that are going to start dating God. Help us! And they're going to ask, how do I know? And here's what most people usually say, you'll just know. That's really helpful. You'll just know if you are on a quest to get married or you are single and you're not sure whether you want to get married or not. I want to address something right out of the gate today because here's the deal in many Christian circles, there has been some really poor, poor theology that has made its way into the church. And I'm going to ruffle some feathers here because you might buy into this theology. And I used to buy into it. I was taught this. I have come to believe completely different. There is a kind of practical theology teaching that, that you hear in the mainline church, particularly in Bible-believing churches, great churches of which we hope we are one. Amen? But the thinking is this. Listen, you, you really shouldn't want to be married. Like, what you really need to do if you're single is just, just, just be content in your singleness. Just, listen, just, just, just date Jesus. Single person, how's that working for you? I mean, you—you you hear it. I heard it all the time when I was single, man. and I wanted to get married, and the—and the people that I looked up to, that mentored me, they said it all. Listen, you'll never, you'll—you'll you'll never get married till you become content, single. You'll never, you ne- God, God won't send you your spouse until you get completely content in Him. Again, I heard this date. Jesus, I read an article just this morning. I saw it, and it just started tapping into some of this. Here were, here were some uh, crazy things Christians say to single people. Let your heart marinate in the Word. I'm all about marinating in the Word. But single people, am I telling the truth or not? Does that help you when you're single? Does that, does that help you in the, in the pursuit of a spouse? No, here's a, while you're waiting for the right guy, date Jesus again. And here's what the person said. I love this. Jesus is Lord of my life, not my dinner date. (laughs) Although, yes, I know he's always with me even while I'm on dinner date. I understand the sentiment. But the last time I went to a restaurant alone while dating Jesus, I told the waitress my date was going to take care of the bill and I left. (laughs) She ends it with this. I'm no longer welcome at that restaurant. I mean, some of it's just silly. Like, I understand contentment. I understand contentment that we should be content in who we are. Amen? Amen? And I understand marinating in the Word. Amen? But let me just tell you, that, that, that theology that is seeped into the church, that communicates to single people, you really shouldn't want to date, and you really shouldn't desire marriage, that is baloney. Because God created you to desire it. God created man and woman. You go all the way back to the beginning. Now, am I saying that everybody's, everybody is called to be married? No, because you see in the Scripture, there's a few verses where Paul says, Hey, it's okay if you want to stay single. It's okay if you're called to single. I'm not negating that either. But what the church has done is it's taken that one verse, pulled it out of context, and said to all single people, Listen, you shouldn't desire that. And I'm here to let you know, single person, I'm here to give you some freedom. If you desire to be married, it is okay to desire to date. It is okay to desire a spouse that God has created for you. Now, I'm not saying go on the hunt for it. Like, you know, like get all camoed out and bath body work stuff. But it's okay. Listen, what you're feeling, that natural desire for intimacy, listen to this, is God-given. It's natural. And so the, 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 the call of the Christian is to therefore figure out, okay, how am I going to embark upon that? How am I going to engage in this desire of mine? Now, I need to let you know, I'm not the dating doctor. But I do know what God's Word teaches. And so, with your permission this morning, I'm just going to unpack for those who are desiring to date, for those who are desiring a spouse, for those who have maybe been married and then unfortunately they're divorced and now they're thinking about playing the field again... I want to talk to you today about how to do that. And for the parents in the house, again, I hope you'll pay close attention because we need to teach our children this. Because the culture is teaching them one message. And we need to teach them another marriage. But can I just, can I just get a witness from the single people? Dating is complicated. <laughs> it's complicated, dude. It's complicated to get hitched. Have you seen the movie Hitch? This shows you how complicated it is. Check it out. You should kiss.
1: Is that a problem? It's not a problem, but I don't know. Eight out of ten women believe that the first kiss will tell them everything that they need to know about a relationship. And believe me, she has definitely thought about it. She has? Oh, of course. I mean, not that she's going to act on it, so it is no real big deal well it's no big deal then it's a very big deal albert huge. huge monumental you are not listen need you to wrap your head around this tomorrow night allegra cole could have her last first kiss All right, come on, uh, just uh, show me what you got.
0: <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean?
1: Just uh, show me how you would kiss me. Well, I wouldn't kiss you. <laughs> I'm not me, I'm Allegro. But you're really not. So. OK, Albert, you end of the night, you're dropping me off at home, show me the magic. Yeah, you know, I'm really not comfortable with this. Oh guy. Albert, I had oh. such a wonderful time with you. Yeah, how about twist next, huh? Hey. You see what I'm doing? <laughs> All right, this is a signal. Okay, I'm fiddling with my keys. All right, A woman that doesn't want a kiss takes her keys out, puts them in the door, goes in the house. A woman that wants to kiss, she fiddles. I'm fiddling. Okay, you have a good night now. You see what I'm doing? Probing me? No. See, this is what most guys do. They rush in to take the kiss. But you're not most guys. See, the secret to a kiss is to go 90% of the way and then hold. For how long? Long as it takes for her to come the other ten. Okay, 90 10. Got it? Yeah, okay. Come on. Shake it off. It's your turn. I had a really nice time tonight, Albert. I had a great time tonight, too, Allegra beard. show me the magic what was that i'm showing you the magic no i said come 90 and then i come 10 you don't go to whole hundred my mouth
0: was open albert (laughs) (laughs) dude i mean dating is hard work it's just hard work and so it doesn't matter if it's been easy for you and you're happily married Or it's been hard for you and the truth is you spend your evenings humming the old Garth Brooks song, learning to live again, is killing me. Let's go get what God's word says to us today. Amen? Amen. Take out your teaching notes. Take out your teaching notes and let's talk about what it means to date and how to play the field. We've all heard that expression, right? hey, how you doing? I'm playing the field, right? Here's what I want to say to you today about dating. Number one, you got to determine the playing field. If you're going to play the field, you've got to determine the playing field. Listen, single person, if you want to do this thing right, you have to put a little thought towards playing the field, The question always comes to mind when I hear someone say, I'm playing the field. Here's what I'm always thinking. What field are you playing? Take a look at what Proverbs 4.26 says. Read this quote out loud with me. Proverbs 4.26. Ready? Go. Mark out a straight path for your feet. And then do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your feet from... Oh, you sound good, church. In other words, listen, 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 listen. You got to teach your children this too. Think about, think through your dating plans and determine your playing field. And once you determine that, preemptively, if you will, you don't compromise. Have you ever really stopped to think about how important the decision is? Who you date. Have you ever stopped to think about really how important the decision is who you're going to marry? Guys, this is supposed to be till death do us part. There is no more important decision outside of whether or not you follow Christ. There is no more important decision Than who you're going to date and who you're going to marry, so you better determine the playing field up front. Neil Warren, in his great book, Finding the Love of Your Life, says this, your choice of whom to marry is more crucial than everything else combined you will ever do to make your marriage work. Who you date and ultimately who you marry is one of the most weighty decisions You will ever make. So, single person, you don't date flippantly. You don't just date anyone with whom your hormones start spiking. You actually determine your playing field. What is the kind of person I want to date? What is the kind of person? I want to marry, what are the qualities and the characteristics of the person I want to date? Like, I was counseling another person. And she said, I am fed up with him. It's happened dozens of times. I catch him looking at women lustfully. I've even called him on the computer When we're out eating dinner, if a beautiful woman walks by, he takes and he looks at her the entire time. And later on in the conversation, I happen to ask, where did you meet him? She said, Hooters. (laughs) Really? Hello? The clue phone is ringing <laughs> for you. <laughs> Determine your playing field. Now listen, single people. I'm going to lay out for you just as straightforward as possible today. And I realize I'm going to be swinging, swimming against the current of culture. Like I'm going to feel very alone up here today. So if you're like with me on some of this and you want to give me a little loving, give me a little loving. Okay, but listen to this, listen. I'm going to lay out for you, very straightforward as possible, the biblical playing field for dating. Turning your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, chapter 6. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screens and it's going to be in your teaching notes. 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. If you're ready for the word, say amen. It's going to be a, it's a lengthy passage, but, but stick with me. You don't need to read it. Just let it be read over you. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? For what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we, talking to believers in the house, if you're a believer... For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and separate, says the Lord. Teach no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Now, here's what some of you just thought. Thanks, God. You just narrowed my playing field. Yes, he did. For your own good. I could sit up here today, oh I could tell you story after story after story after story. I hear this on a regular basis and you're, you're around people who experience this. They say and they share regularly, and it's usually with tears coming down their face, what it is like to be married to an unbeliever. This is not God trying to to restrict you or suffocate you or narrow your playing field as much as this is God graciously providing you again I'm talking to a believer if you're not a believer just take a rain check sit back just enjoy this but this is not for you if you're a believer this is God graciously trying to look after you to save you the heartache and the pain and the regret that comes from dating and ultimately marrying an unbeliever Again, have you ever stopped, single person, and pondered what it means to commit to someone until death us do part? If you want to play the dating game according to God's holy word and live within God's will, then you have to decide with great tenacity and resolve in your spirit that you are only going to date born-again believers. Notice I didn't say lukewarm church attenders. Seriously. Ladies, don't give me this while he goes to church. (laughs) Guys, if, if they're hot on you, guys will do about anything. They'll go to church, well, they'll put on a suit and tie and sit and behave in a church. And the good thing about here is that you don't have to put on a suit and tie, so come on, you're welcome. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like sitting in a garage doesn't make you a car. Come on, church, come on, come on, come on. Dude, you love Jesus? Don't you go settle for some, I know the language, smoking hot thing unless her heart's on fire for Jesus. This is key, church. And single people, listen, nothing will carry you through the difficulty of marriage. Nothing will carry you through an unyielding commitment to God and to go the distance in marriage than a spouse who loves Jesus with you. In this book, great little book, Keith Anderson puts it like this. Listen, it's a long quote. This won't be on your screens, but you're going to enjoy this. If you have never seen your beloved one when he or she has a flu, don't marry them. If you've only seen each other in moonlight and candlelight, don't say I do. You need to see each other at your best and at your worst. When you feel bad, look bad, and smell bad. When you don't have it all together. This is the only real test. When you wake up together after your wedding night, you won't look like Tom Cruise or Nicole Kidman. Listen, beloved, they have perfect hair, breath, and clothes, they have a makeup crew. In married life, you will look just like you did when you first looked in the mirror this morning and scared yourself. (laughs) You won't look any less scary when you're married. What Anderson's getting at is marriage is hard work. Can I get a witness from a married person? (laughs) I mean, it's just hard work. It's great. But, I mean, listen, single person. Till death us do part. That is a long time. Oh, That's a long time. Okay? And the only thing that's going to get you through the challenges of paying bills, the only thing that can get you through the challenges of raising kids, the only thing that's going to get you through the challenges of raising teenagers, God, help us. The only thing that's going to get you through the challenges of your mere mortality and life itself is a rock-solid commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord of the marriage, Lord of the home, Lord of life. It's key. Listen, pop culture magazines, The Bachelor, oh, you ladies who love The Bachelor. They have a way of romanticizing and idolizing marriage. Now, as your pastor, I want to let you know on the front end, marriage is awesome. It is a blessing. It is such a blessing. Having kids one of one of my favorite blessings in life that God has given kids to the church. I mean, I think one of the things that God clearly communicates when he keeps allowing children to be brought into this world, listen, he hasn't given up on humanity yet. Amen. But marriage and having kids and just life is hard. Trust me, single person, I talk to these folks all the time. And don't take their word for it, and surely don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. If you love Jesus, you better date only people who love Jesus. I got one person that likes that idea. That's all right. I told God this morning in prayer, I'd stand up here all by myself if I had to. Listen, this is, this, is not, this is not to say that Christians are to isolate themselves from society. That's not the vision of our church. That's not the vision of the Christian. Our vision is to reach, teach, and release. We are to go into the world and minister to people, right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.15 that we are to be the aroma of Christ to those who are dying. I'm not talking about a kind of isolationism, but listen closely. But even as God's people were sent to live among those who did not love the Lord, they were reminded again and again and again that our social interactions with non-believers should never lead to moral or spiritual compromise. John 17, 15 through 17 says this, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them From the evil one, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them. Think about that word for a moment sanctify. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The word sanctify means to be set apart, to be transformed into the image of Jesus it it means for the believers to be holy the idea of separation is inherent in the word holiness when someone or something is considered in scripture as separated from all that is not of god it is set apart listen for the purposes of god In the New Testament, you'll see this on the screens. In the New Testament, we learn that because of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, we are no longer separated from God. Can I get an amen? That's good news. We are no longer separated from God, but we are now to be set apart for God. You see the difference? You see the difference? Mm, Don't miss that. Leave that up there for just a moment. I want them to just marinate in that for a moment. Being a Christian means, at least in part, being holy and separated for the purposes of God, not separated from god this kind of holiness and setting apart in our dating and ultimately in our married lives is not god narrowing the playing field but rather god's protection for his children single person he loves you he wants what is best for you this goes all the way back to deuteronomy 7 3 and 4 do not intermarry with them Do not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. And the Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. Now listen, such passages are not intended to scare you. But to lead you into faithful obedience. They are not to be ignored either. Can I get an amen? We are not called, listen, I'm not called to be popular. I'm called to be faithful. Christian, single person. Divorcee. If you love Jesus, you're not called to swim with everyone else. You are often called to swim against the tide of culture. It happened all the way back in the Old Testament. It happens in the New Testament. It happens today. And it is God's way of blessing you, protecting you, watching over you as his child. Before I go to the second and last thing, can I... Can I get an amen? Here's the second one. Determine the playing rules. Determine the playing field is the first thing I'd say to you. The second thing I'm going to say to you, and then I'm done today, is determine the playing rules. When you think about it, every game has a set of rules. I grew up playing baseball, basketball, and football. The three godly southern sports. You folks who love hockey, please talk to me after the celebration. I don't get it. Like I tried to watch it and then I realized, man, I got to know the rules if I'm going to make any sense out of this, right? You can't watch hockey unless you know the rules. And so I decided to watch the rules. And I'd go over to Raleigh and and watch, what is it, the hurricanes? I watched hurricanes a few games. I, I learned the rules. I still don't get it. Like, I don't think, I know this is, this, this is not worth leaving the church over, so I love you, you love me. Like, I don't think hockey should ever get a top ten play on ESPN. Anyway. you got Any hockey fans in the house? Come on. So I only fended about 50 here at Central Campus. I bet there aren't as many hockey fans in Garner or Sanford. See, I'm not either. I'm a hey, baseball, football, basketball. Hey, Amen. That's the three sports that we're gonna play in heaven. Where did that come from? That's not biblical. I was just kidding. So don't go to work tomorrow and say, my pastor said we're gonna play baseball, football, and basketball in heaven. No, don't say that. But listen, every game has a rule, right? Every game has rules. And if you're going to play games, you've got you to play by the rules, right? If you're going to play the field, here's what you got to do. you got to determine the playing field. And I'm here to tell you today, determining the playing field is dating and marrying Christians for the Christian. But you also got to determine the playing rules. In all sports, there are certain rules. The same is true for dating and marriage. And if you don't play by the rules... You are setting your life up for disaster, for pain, for regret. Listen, church, we never really break God's rules. We just break ourselves when we don't obey them. Think about that. You got to determine the playing rules. And the good news is, thanks be to God, you don't have to determine them on your own. The good news is God's word is clear on the plain rules. I want to give you just two rules. And some of you just checked out on me because you hate rules. Moment of confession. Moment of confession. My wife is here, so i got to be very, very transparent. Everybody knows this who knows. I don't like rules either. Like, I don't like rules. But I've learned the hard way. If you got any sense in your head and you're a believer in Jesus, you better follow God's rules. I don't like man-made rules. I'm not a very, I can't stand a lot of structure. I can't stand a lot of formality. I can't stand a lot of stiffness. Okay, you know that about me. But boy, I learned the hard way. If you don't obey God's rules, you're setting your life up for disaster. And here is the first rule. Just going to give you two rules. You okay with a couple rules today? All right, here's a couple rules. Number one, Number one. adopt God's standard of beauty. Adopt God's standard of beauty. A huge question I want to thrust toward those of you who are single this morning is this. What attracts you to people? Think about that. What attracts you to people? Flip over to 1 Peter, or you can just read it in your notes. 1 Peter says this. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your what church? Your what? inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. If you're playing the dating game and you're thinking towards marriage, I want to encourage you to adopt God's standard of beauty and not the standard of beauty that we see portrayed in secular society. Listen. Hollywood will try to convince you that beauty lies in plastic surgery, slim waistlines, abs, glutes, and pecs, baby. But the Bible reminds us what each of us really know deep in our soul that beauty goes much deeper than that. Is the Bible saying here in 1 Peter 3 that you shouldn't care about your your physical appearance no is the bible saying that you shouldn't take care of yourself no because there's other verses that talk about your body is the temple and you should care for yourself listen single person is the bible even saying that you shouldn't pay any attention to whether or not you are physically attracted to someone no but the bible is saying is if you got any sense in your head you will probe far deeper than the surface And see what's inside a person's soul. See what's inside their heart. Does that person have a quiet center to their life? Does that person truly love Jesus? Does that person practice a prayer life? Does your date, here's a good one. Does your date maintain a genuine sense of awe in God? Do they tell the truth? Do, do they love God and other people? These are important questions. Here's a big one, single person. Oh, don't miss How do they treat their parents? Pay close attention to that. As your dating gets more and more romantic and serious, learn to look at the beauty within the person. And learn to evaluate bad fruit, if you will. The Bible says this in 1 Samuel 16, 7. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. Will you read it out loud with me? Ready, go. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the... The Lord looks at what? What? Heart. Here's another rule. You down with rule number one? It's okay if you're not. I'm going to preach it anyway. Everything in our society, everything in our society says listen, it's all about what a person looks like on the outside. It's all about whether he or she is smoking hot. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. Single person. Some of you have been down that road. How'd it work for you? The inside of a person. quiet center of a person's soul, grounded or not on God, those are the things you look at, far more important than the outward appearance. Amen? Amen. Rule number two, adopt God's standard of sexuality. Oh, my Lord. I don't have to tell you that the common theme in our culture And the sexual mindset of our day is adopted by Nike's slogan, just do it. If it feels good, do it. One of the most persuasive and destructive lies of our society, listen, is that love comes through sex. And by the way, I I just need to say this. Some of you are like, I don't don't like the fact that that pastor talks about sex in church. (laughs) Number one, beloved, you need to lighten up. Number two, come on, come on. Why in the world would the church not speak about sex? Everybody else is speaking about sex. And if we don't get it right, we are going to be jacked up. Part of the problem with our culture, part of the problem with the church, is that for generations the church never mentioned the S word. And so you and your children and your parents started learning about sex From the culture. The Bible speaks about sex. So why don't we all just say it in church. I've never done this before. I'm trying to loosen some of you up. Some of you start your underwear. You need to loosen up. On the count of three, everybody say sex. I didn't say three yet. Now you're ready to just say it. people? On the count of three, got to follow instructions. By this, this message is about following instructions. God's instructions. One, two, three. Wow, you said that with a little more gusto than I imagined. Campuses, are you joining us over there? On the count of three, one more time, really loud. One, two, three. Now you can go call your mama today and say, hey, I said sex in church. But treat her well. Honor your parents. Adopt God's standard of sexuality. Our society and everything about radio, newspaper, blogs, website, internet, television. Try it just once and you'll be fulfilled. Listen, single. These people are gonna these messages are just gonna resonate with you. Try it just once and you'll be fulfilled. Go for a variety and you won't get bored. Living without sex is missing out on life. It's your body, and sex is your personal right. Oh, Lord, just like I want to do a message on victim victor, I want to do a message on rights. Your body is not your own, believer. Your body is the temple of the Lord. Your body belongs to God. The tragedy of all of this is that people are dying from emotional starvation, though they're having sex all the time. They are looking for food in all the wrong places. As a result, we have STDs soaring through the roof, unwed mothers expecting children, and children being born without their mother or their daddy present. And the great news about all of this is that God's wisdom has already been given to the church if we will only hear and apply it. Bottom line it, let me bottom line it for you. Sex is a God given gift, it's not bad. Sex is good. It's nothing to be ashamed about. But it is a God given gift to be enjoyed within a monogamous marriage between a man and a woman. And I know that's not popular today. But I'm not here to be popular, I'm here to be faithful. And I want to raise up a church that's going to be faithful. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews 13 marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. They say Benji would judge you. I don't judge you. And by the way, side note if you're here and like as I'm teaching, there's all kind of regret. Okay? It's all kind of regret. We don't judge your past, and I want to I want to encourage you not to live in the in, in in the regret and the guilt. I want you to confess that, be free in Christ. It's not so much about what you've done in the past, it's about what you do from this day forward. Like my life, my life was all jacked up before Christ. You know that. But let me tell you something. When I met Amy Lynn, and first of all, when I met Jesus and he wrecked me with his grace, and I met Amy Lynn about four years later, and we were dating, and we were hot on the trail of dating. And the hormones were jumping like crazy. We honored God with our sexuality. Best thing we ever did. And there, we didn't even think twice about it. Listen to me church. 1 Corinthians 6, 18-20. Flee from sexual immorality. Again, I don't want Benji to speak a lot here. I want the word to speak. All other sins a man commits are outside the body. But he who sins sexually sins against the body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Ephesians 5.3 But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy People, let me repeat it: sex is a God-given gift, beautiful, but is to be enjoyed in a monogamous marriage between a man and a woman. Sex does not create intimacy, prostitutes give themselves away in sex. It's not intimate. Sex is not a means to intimacy. Sex is an expression of the intimacy that God has given to people who have come together for life in him. another way of saying it is this, sex does not create emotional or spiritual or even physical intimacy, it is a God given gift expressing intimacy God given sexuality is an expression of intimacy and not a means to intimacy single person, listen and I don't care if you've blown it your sexuality is a precious gift Teach your children this. It's to be treasured. And if you haven't given it away, kudos to you. As your pastor, I'm so stinking proud of you. Young person, I see some young people up in here. If you haven't given it away, way to go. Don't you dare give that away. If you have given it away. You can pray over that. You can confess that. You can be forgiven in time. God has a way of restoring you. And then you hold that precious part of your being, a God-given gift. You hold it like a fine treasure and you date and you determine the playing field and you date and you date according to God's playing rules and then when you go on your honeymoon after you say I do you hand your spouse until death us do part that sacred precious gift of sex and that Is God's design. You don't have to agree with it. And check it out. The choice is yours. Like, God gives you choice. So I'm going to give you choice. It's your choice. He says you can go the way of the world. Where you see disaster, destruction, despair, regret, dysfunctionality, and brokenness. Or you can go my way. Where you see peace and hope and purpose and intimacy as God intended it. The choice is yours. I just encourage you with everything I have in me. Go the way of the word and not the way of the world. And God will bless your life in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit can i get an amen, amen. let's stand at all of our campuses and pray together father thank you for your word oh God, I truly don't know why we would want to follow anything else. Thank you for the wisdom that is contained therein. Thank you for the blessings that come. Father, to the married people, I just want to say this at all of our campuses, with all heads bowed and and eyes closed. Some of you are married and you're sitting here today and you're saying, Oh, man, I wish I would have heard this before I made some wrong decisions. I wish I would have heard this before my marriage, before I said I do and some of you know all too well that marriage is hard work some of you are here and I want you to know that I know that that sometimes you just want to give up sometimes you just you just live with a lot of regret I want to encourage you I want to pray for you and I want to tell you that you might not have picked the wrong person you might just need a different vision for your marriage hang in there Do the hard work. Get to Christian counseling if that's what is needed. Read great marriage books together. I'm praying for you. And I want for you what I want for myself is that this church would be a church where marriages are strong and they're healthy and they're fulfilling and they go the distance. Now to the single people among us, thanks for being here. Most of you will get married one day, so I want to pray for you. I want to challenge you to come out for the next four weeks and and maybe bring a friend. God's Word is going to instruct you. It's going to set you up for how to walk and step into His blessings. You will be able to apply a lot of God's principles in your friendships and your marriages. But most importantly, I want to say to every single person here today, I'm proud of you. You could be doing a lot of other things, but you spend so much of your time and your energy serving God and being an integral part of the New Hope family. You are family here, and we know singleness is, is challenging, it's difficult. We pr- appreciate you. We love you. We thank you for being a part of our church family. We are praying for you, we are pulling for you to make good decisions. So, God, we're standing. We're standing in your presence today. We're going to sing about just that, Father, that that we would stand with arms high and lift it up. And, God, when we sing that today, we want you to know that we're not just singing it, God, but we really are standing up in a culture that has gone astray with these issues, God. We don't stand in judgment We do not stand in mean-spiritedness to anyone. But we stand upon your word and for your truth and upon the direction for which we are going to live our lives, express our love, and ultimately, if you call us to, marriage, a sacred gift, a A covenant of matrimony which you have given us all the way back to Genesis. We stand as a church community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our worship teams are going to come out at all of the campuses. And we're going to sing a great song. We're going to sign off to our campuses. We love you guys. We're praying for you as well. I want to encourage people to stay if you can. I know I keep saying that, but dude, really? We don't want to come to a church, do we? Come on. I mean, I'm honored that you're here for the word, but we don't want to leave after the word. You've got to go to the bathroom. That's great. Go. But we hope you'll come back. <laughs> Why was that funny? if there's ever an issue that we need to stand together on, if there's ever an issue where we need to create, listen, a biblical culture and not a secular culture, it's in the area of our dating and our marriage and our sexuality. And if you would do that today, you stand, you sing as loud as you can. You stand with the single people who are here You stand with the married people who are here. You stand with the divorced people who are here. And as a community, we say, you know what? We're going to strive for that. And when we fall short, we're going to be a community of grace and love and hope. And we're going to stand with our brothers and sisters and keep Christ in the center of who we are and what we're trying to create. Amen? Let's sing together. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.NewHopeNC.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.